Do you like free beer? Well, Beer52.com and I have teamed up to give all Figcast listeners a free case of craft beer. All you have to do is head over to Beer52.com forward slash fig. That's beer 52 com forward slash fig to claim your free case of eight incredible craft beers a ferment magazine so you can learn all about where they came from and to top it all off you get a tasty snack to enjoy with your beer that's beer52.com forward slash fig it's free all you have to do is pay for postage which is five pounds 95 not that bad a deal is it i'm really excited by this partnership as beer 52 are the most popular monthly craft beer discovery club this month's theme is inspired by the six nations as part of beer 52's rugby nation case you get to try amazing craft beers from each of the country's best breweries this includes england's juicy pale ale from the five point brewery and ireland's little fawn session ipa from the white hag brewery pick your favorite and rate them all at beer52.com there's no minimum commitment you can just take the free case try the beers and see what you think. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel anytime. Don't miss this chance to get the beers in for free. Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast. It's episode 73 and I'm joined by the much requested Sam Richards. And I think a lot of people questions whether or not it was much requested. But I can tell you for certain it was because I got a few DMs and a few of the comments and the tweets that I put out were saying, get Sam Richards on. So Sam, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. You? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. It's, uh, are you excited to be on? Yeah, should be good. Try and hopefully explain. <laughs> what's actually been happening and why it's happening and hopefully help a few people out awesome awesome so let's start by talking about your fi journey what has led you to this point where did you find the product all those lovely questions um my mate basically texted me one day and just said have you heard about football index and that was it really logged on <laughs> the rest is history <laughs> the rest is history. But, um, but but what did you like about it when you first saw it? Like what was what was very appealing it's just to addictive, you? Addictive, isn't it? And obviously, finding new players was obviously a big passion of mine. Trying to find the next big thing, um, lo- loads of reasons really. Mm, mm. But like as a as a product compared to you know normal in gambling products, what did it? What drew you to it? Did you did you have a flutter on any other gambling? Yeah, I used before? to bet a lot, so it was more. Um, I'm guessing your stakes never your stakes never lost, if that makes sense. Well, it is, but you bet last three years, if you know what I mean. So it's not like it's not like you stick a tenner on an accumulator and you you've lost it by five pm. So I don't know. It just feels like it was just a better way to make money. <laughs> I think it is for most yeah. people, right? Um, before we get into the questions, before my I shamelessly <laughs> plug myself, if you had any advice to new users, what would it be? And like, if you started today, what would be your strategy? I think it's actually quite difficult to start today. If I'm being honest, I've had a couple of mates come up to me and ask me what they would do. Um, it's really difficult at the moment. Obviously, for me, I think dividends are why why do you think it's why do you think it's difficult because i don't think anyone really knows what's going to happen in this announcement on the 16th simple as that really i think dividends could potentially get rounded up they could get increased it's literally no one really knows exactly what's going to happen 
I think I think we've had hints though. I mean, a lot of people are saying that, but the way that the guys spoke at the trader announcement, yeah, like, yeah. it's the, the worst. I think people are looking at this and saying, "Oh, what if they don't get rounded up in the right way?" But the worst case scenario is that they don't get increased at all, and we are still, at, you know, with the current playing rules. I just don't, you know, the way they talked about it. And I think Sam uh, Friedman make, made a great comment in the the podcast a few weeks ago where he said they've already opened them up to say by saying we might increase dividends, which kind of insinuates that they can increase dividends. And if you can, then you should in this situation because you've opened up yourself to yeah, it. Yeah, that makes sense. I think they will get they will be increased more than likely. So, do you think? For- do you think there'll be like a? Um, do you think it'll be uniform? Uni- uniform? Is that even a word? Uniform across the... <laughs> as, uh, as in across like the, the same difference? across the board? Yeah. Again, difficult. I mean, they've, they suggested media being opened up. Would that get more of an increase? Perhaps. There's so many variables to go off. I mean, we don't really know. I, I think it's it's one of those things that we just got to wait and see until the... I think you said 16th, but oh, it might be the 18th. Yeah. Am I right? Like 18th, that. maybe? <laughs> it's coming up anyway. 18th, yeah. <laughs> 18th, I think. It is soon. It's soon. It's, um, I mean, today is the... Today is the 9th. Podcast will go out on the 10th. So the next podcast will be the, the day before the share split announcement, which will be great. But um, before we get into the loads of, loads of questions, Sam, I need to plug myself. So if you guys want to head over to the YouTube channel that I've got, I've just uploaded the Bank Builder episode 14, where I went from £800 down to 560 up to 860 It was a... Not not great, but uh, reeled it back in in the end. If you guys want to see some written work, uh, you can read it over at uh, Medium, the blogging hosting site. Uh, me, Football Index Trader and Football Index LM or Liam uh, do a fortnightly Football Index blog. If you want to listen to my voice talk about only football, head over to the State of Play pod where me and Matt Santangelo, who lives over in New Jersey, talk about all things football in the top five European leagues and the MLS. We, we like talking about kind of uh, young players that people don't really know that much about or uh, all those good things. Uh, if you want to collaborate or sponsor the podcast, hit me up on football.index.guide at gmail.com or just DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open. Please leave a review if you haven't done already 101 or so reviews at the moment and uh, hopefully we can get that number up a bit uh, shows that um, people are enjoying the content for some reason uh, and also I've, I was on FITV if you guys didn't see if you go over to Football Index's actual YouTube channel the official Football Index YouTube channel um, I think one of the latest videos is me and Tom talking about various things he's asked me a, a few on the spot questions which were tough to answer but we got through them in the end uh, and last but by no means very least you may have seen on Twitter recently I put out a tweet throwing my hat in the ring for the football blogging awards I'm gunning for the best gambling creator uh, so if you guys head over to footballbloggingawards.co.uk you can vote for me there if you think that the content's helped you out I really really appreciate everyone's support honestly like I uh, I really didn't expect that many people to kind of tweet out their uh, their votes <laughs> this soon uh, I think voting ends on the 27th of March so you've got until then to, to stick them in but thank you very much for everyone who's voted so far but um, on with the show I guess here Sam first question from Buzzing Paul who was actually um, last week's guest general strategy questions uh, for someone whose strategy, uh, strategy appears clear. How do you prioritise the purchase of one player over another? I think there's so many variables that go into a player. I mean, you've got transfer speculation, you've got age, you've got 
how close they are to the first team, what's their PB like. There's numerous things that can determine whether one player is going to likely to rise more than another in the short space of time. You know, I mentioned in the last show that I asked myself questions before I um, invest in a player, or buy a player, bet on a player, whatever you want to call it. What What are those questions that you ask yourself? You know, what are the top three? Top three. I mean, you've got they've got to there's got to have some substance behind the player. Well, there's got to be something. Like say, Do you that, mean from a dividend standpoint, or from any point? If if the player's two quid, he's, he's got to have something. That he's going to rise. Either there's got to be, there's got to be like a next, like a transfer link or a good PB score, or there's got to be the making the England squad. There's got to be something that's going to generate that price up. And if there's nothing to generate that price up, then why are you holding? So it's uh, it's kind of looking at all those variables. And if if those players don't have any of those variables, then you you don't tend to purchase. No, that's correct. And he says as a follow-up, what's your edge? What's your edge over other people uh, on the platform or what do you believe to be your edge? Um, I don't think I have an edge. I think possibly, I mean, I watch a lot of football, go to games, so um, I wouldn't really say I've got an edge over anyone. Have you, Have you? you know, played a lot of football manager in the past? Have you been like kind of a big fantasy football head? What, what, what's kind of the background yeah, in terms of loving football? football but... I've just always, since I was like two, three, always massive on football. So this this joining football index for me is like <laughs> gold mine. <laughs> I just like wouldn't believe this sort of thing would ever happen, that you could bet on a player to succeed and make money. Mm, mm, it's, it truly is a unique product. Uh, the next question from Sean FI. In nearly 10 months of trading, what would you have done differently? So what would you have done differently going back 10 months? Um I mean, it was really tough when I first started. I joined when the World Cup was on. Didn't really know what I was doing. I said to my mate, I said, like, the internet's quite a big thing, so let's, like, sort of get on Twitter, see what Football Index is all about. Um, to be honest, I just, I, it, was, it was tough. Got told to buy Peru players. Got told to buy, like, William Carvalho, players like that. And it's just, I, I, was, I was down. I was a lot of money down, if I'm being honest following different Twitter accounts. That's why another advice for new users, anyone that tweets anything, do your research before it. Me, anyone, just don't listen. Don't just listen to someone. <laughs> it's, it could be anyone, for instance. I think those so. are quite wide, but wise words. But um, so, so what was the kind of switching point? So, so um, I basically just backed myself in the end. I was just, I was just thought, I'm going to buy the next, the next best players. That's the logical thing to do. The best players in the world should be a high price. Am I not wrong? Well, obviously, that's, that's, that was my theory at the start. So, uh, so why, why do you think that is logical, if that makes sense? Is it because they're called futures? Um, not so much that, but you're going to have a platform in three years where um, Sancho, Mbappe, hudson Adoy, etc., they're going to be worth nothing. I mean, that- they're going to be worth what, sorry? Are they going to be worth nothing? Not, not, are they not going not to be necessarily. able to score anything? Um, That's what people were yeah, suggesting when I, when, when I first Yeah, scored. I mean, look, like there's a there's been situations in the past and there will be in the future where a player has been doing really well uh, at, a, at a young age and then they don't end up becoming as good as people thought they'd be. Um, I think we can all agree on that, right? So, yeah, yeah. and I did mention this in a, in a big thread. I don't know if you read it. Um, I said that 
if, you know, Mbappe, Sancho, uh, Dembele and Rashford are the top four players in four years, say, then their prices are currently justified. But what are the odds of those four players being the top four players in, you know, three, four, five years? Do, do you see what I kind of mean? Yeah, like, I What are the odds of three of those guys being Messi, Neymar and Ronaldo? Currently? Yeah, I get that. But that's that's what people are betting on. So obviously, mm. like, like, but but do you, do you do you ever worry that there's too much money in these youngsters spread about that people don't really think probabilistically enough that maybe these guys won't or like the odds on them becoming the next big thing are actually lower than they yeah, think. Yeah, I'll give you well a good example right now is Declan Rice, isn't it? You Declan Rice, Wan Bazaka, Longstaff. Like, where do you go with these prices? And I'll just laugh about it, to be fair. People get annoyed. But, um, like, there is there is certain players that are going to drop. There's no no denying that. Mm. So, so would you agree that it's kind of very speculative at the moment? It, it, dep- it depends. Or in general? I, mean, I think that's the thing that people don't... We've come into a market. Has this ever happened before? There's a Wayne Rooney, a fresh young Wayne Rooney come onto the index. There's a fresh young Messi come onto the index. It hasn't happened yet. It's happened now. It's happening now. I, I mean, I guess so uh, from from that standpoint. But it, it does feel like maybe you know there are players that don't even play that are uh, prices that they're never going to return even twenty percent of their lifetime uh, expected dividends. What sort? That's of, what, what, sort what sort of player? Well, I mean, I don't like to name names, oh, okay. but there are players that you know that are kind of in in the youth setups that haven't had a minute. Um, in the first team or might not even be close to the first team and I was talking to um, Tom obviously on FI TV and I was saying that look there are players like Messi for example that will do as much dividend or more dividends between now and the end of their careers than the you know the combined price and dividend yield of some of these players in the youth academies of their whole life if that makes sense Um, which is an interesting thing to think about and I know Messi will go to zero um, but some of these youngsters might be 50p by the time that they that he gets to zero, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It just depends. <laughs> Again, not every youngster is going to hold. That's that's the yeah. point I've been trying to make yeah. for quite a while. It's not every youngster, and that's what people are getting frustrated about. It, it, the uh, youngsters will hold, like the good ones. <laughs> it's just we're living in a we're living in a world where we're getting ridiculous talents coming on. Sancho, Mbappe, Hudson Odoi, Greenwood—like it's like—and they're English. It's unheard of. Mm, mm. I mean, um, the English factor is certainly an interesting one, and, and probably one that we'll get to on later on. Uh, Sean has a follow-up question, which is hearing about your best and worst trades. I think you alluded to some pretty bad ones during the World Cup. Do you want to get into them? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no pressure. <laughs> I can't remember him to be honest, but like William Carvalho, some of the Peru players just buying for a World Cup players getting tipped for a pound that just were never going to be anywhere. I don't even know where they are now. A um, couple of bigger trades, probably sold sold Jovic too low. I had a lot of him from like one pound, one twenty. Sold him probably three fifty or something like that. So, mm. Mm. What about some of your better ones? Let's think positively. Obviously, Hudson Adoy Junior, Foden, Frankie, Havart, Felix. Brooks, and you still hold these guys? Yeah. So I've, I've de-risked some. Well, I say de-risked. I've moved shares out of them to move them into other guys. 
So, which is always sensible, isn't it? I mean, yeah, um, when, got when to players trade, get I mean, to a certain level, yeah. um, selling a few or winning dividends is uh, a way of de-risking. So if those players aren't winning as much dividends, then probably the best way to de-risk is to sell some of the shares in them. I mean, um, if a player goes, question, if a player goes at 500%, then you've got to sort of think about what you're doing with it, to be honest. <laughs> I think it, it, it depends on the time yeah, frame. So it depends on the state of the market at the time. I mean, I'm a firmer believer and you should always look at current value. And I think... We had the likes of Anthony Martial hit, uh, you know, uh, a far higher price than he currently is. And then he had a big sell off with an injury. And uh, it was funny to see that people were one week happy to pay, you know, 950 or whatever it was. And, and the next week, not happy to pay 780. Uh, so I think people are in some respects looking at it sh- too short term. But maybe we'll get onto that again in the in the end. I'm trying to think if if, if, a player, if, if, a player, if you're not willing to pay that price to, for, for that player that you hold. I think it's time to de-risk. That's my best advice. Mm, really. mm, I think that's very wise. Very wise. Uh, question from FI in or FI Index Max here. You've done really well on the index by correctly predicting the massive rise of youth players. Do you think this is a trend or is it here to stay? And why do you feel it's necessary to tip the same set of players relentlessly on a near daily basis? <laughs> um, I think it's definitely here to stay. 100%. Are there any firm reasons for that? I just think people will always want that next best player. There's no like, you don't go to the bookies and put a, a one to three bet on and stick a tenner on it to win 13 quid. You stick a 20 to one or a 100 to one or people to make money, you've got to sort of sometimes take a bit of a gamble. Mm, mm. But I suppose less money is put on those longer bets right what we're seeing in football index is a lot of money is putting on the, is being put on those longer bets so it's not really the same as that because if i'm if we if me and you go into a bookie shop together um, and we have 20 quid to spend we might put five one quid accumulators on that are you know 101 but we might put on our three or four pounds five pounds onto the uh, evens or two to ones or you know 72s whatever it may be so it's not quite the same in that respect in this respect in in the football index world we're talking about some people putting on thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds on bets that essentially could be those 25 to ones that you alluded to if things don't go in their way yeah but you've got that with every player to be honest i mean look at Look at Sergio Ramos and Sanchez. They were tipped heavily in the summer. Now, now they're what three quid down. So is that is that a bubble that's ready to burst? Or it depends. I mean, like I think the Sergio Ramos one was quite unique because he won so much PB um, and then suddenly stopped, probably uh, coinciding with Real Madrid's uh, failure as well. But that's something that people maybe you know it's one of those things where people held and said, well, he'll 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 win a PB. Uh, he'll he'll have a penalty to score, but I think it's uh, in that situation it was just as much the player stopped performing, the team stopped going getting penalties, and, and Real Madrid obviously um, started playing terribly as we currently saw them crash out of the yeah. Champions League. Then that just that, that just just proves that previous divs don't always ret- return mm. future ones when there are future ones, which is also a good point for even even for the PB fanatic. Mm, mm. I think that. Um, you know, past performance is not indicative of future performance all the time. I think you have to... I, I think um, Football Index SOTD, who has a question later on the show, he always tells me that he never goes further back than six months when looking at kind of returns, which I think is a really sensible thing to do. I think yeah, if you go sensible. all the way back to the beginning of last season, it's not actually that long ago, but 
there are so many, I think you, you mentioned the word variables quite a few times, but I'm going to mention it again. There are so many variables that if something a little bit changes, then their long-term trajectory completely changes. It's, it's kind of like that. Um, I don't know what the analogy is, but if you kind of nudge uh, a plane's trajectory at the beginning of its flight plan, like three degrees, it will end up in a completely different place. It's the same thing with these PB players or youth players. If there's a variable that changes, aka they're not on penalties, they're not on corners, they're not in the same position that they were playing in, all these things uh, could, you know, uh, produce a player that's not as good on the yeah, end. Yeah, definitely. And with the uh, relentless tweeting, I think that's just <laughs> I think that's just become a habit because of the amount of stick I got in the summer. I think it's just uh, yeah, I'll tone <laughs> that one down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you ever worried though that um, I've got a couple, couple questions here actually. Uh, one is are you are you ever worried that the the players that you're talking about. I'm not going to say excessively because that sounds rude. Uh, quite a lot um, don't do as well as they that you kind of tip them to do so. Are you ever worried about that? Um, certain players, possibly. Um, obviously, I've been I've tipped Sergio Gomez and you've seen Adley quite heavily in the summer. Well, even now, I still think. But there's there's so many variables that can can happen. Pulsanich leaving to Dortmund for leaving for Chelsea, for instance. Would that then open the door for Sergio Gomez and he's worth more? You've seen Adley. He's been locked away at PSG for six months, signed a five-year deal, not getting any game time. Is that because his attitude's changed? Is that because PSG fallen out with him? There's just so many so many different he's at, variables. He's at again, Bordeaux now. go wrong or right. He's at Bordeaux so, now, isn't he? Yeah, he's Adley, at Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was a weird one, wasn't it? He, uh, you know, I thought... Uh, the, the club that I support, Arsenal, were going to get him. Um, what can you do? What can you do? Um, but but again, the, yeah, that's the answer. Yeah, that, I, I suppose that does make sense. You're not going to always win every player that you um, tip to do extremely well. My next question is: Are you kind of worried sometimes that someone sees these? Um, they've just joined the platform. This is the player that they buy heavily into because of your tweets, and then they don't do as well or get an injury or something like that. Do you ever feel? I, I don't want to say guilty, but are you ever worried that that will happen and maybe turn users yeah, away? Possibly, but at the same time, I don't. I don't tweet a player who I think's already hit a value which could potentially drop. So, like Jovic, I haven't tweeted. I haven't. I haven't tweeted Jovic for about six months <laughs> because he's six pound. That's up. That's up to somebody else to. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm. I'm. I'm just telling you, he's going to be a good player. I don't know if he's going to be six quid, eighteen quid, two quid. But yeah, I. I mean, I guess. I mean, the the question I wanted to ask as well is: Did you mean when you say good player? Do you mean a, a good player with in, in fitting in football index parameters, or just generally? Just generally, really. I mean, once so Jovic now, for instance, six quid. He's, he's got to start hitting some sort of PB or. He's got to be. I mean, what's what's the best striker in the world at the moment? Price, going like a youngish age, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's Rashford, right? <laughs> yeah. Or Mbappe, Mbappe. Yeah. Maybe Aguero is quite a good example, but he's uh, obviously he's got. He could just go to Argentina at any point, which he's always stated he wants to finish his career. So maybe that's why his price is quite mm. low. Harry Kane's about 10 yeah, these days. Yeah, is, these are English. <laughs> so it's hard to compare Jovic <laughs> to an English player. Mbappe but, isn't. Yeah, Mbappe, but he's a bit of a freak as well. So, so it's, hard, yeah. it's hard to compare. Do you see what I mean? It's hard to 
Yeah, I do, I do know what you mean, but it's it, it's such a hard we don't thing know to as well what, to think about. How these you've even talked about it yourself. If it ever changes the rules, the PB system, or so who knows? In a year, they might change the system, and all of a sudden, Jovic is now just a PB monster, and he's worth twelve quid. Do you know what I mean? So I'm trying to I'm trying to think about how to to phrase this next one. You know, I, I always talk about how we haven't seen a um you know a youth player like Frederico Makeda come onto the platform or even you know a Yanazai who's still one pound fifty now come onto the platform when they were younger and, and breaking into the uh, their respective teams. Is there a danger that there's so much money in some of these youth players that um when or if some of them crash, do you think they'll kind of crash and burn or do you think it'll be like a a slower decline? Um, I think so. That's why you've got to be careful. You've got to be on the right players. I think some, some obviously will fall away. Like I can't see how Declan Rice is going to sustain five fifty-five or whatever it is. But then again, he is going. To, he is a very good player. So it's it's a tough one, really. But I mean, people compare like Odegaard to Junior, for instance, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. But I mean. Odegaard still looks like he'd be a good player. Looks like he might get a move to Ajax. So. Uh, next question from Daly, and this will actually lead us into our data section. Are you concerned that there appears to be a disconnect between player prices, especially in youth, and I think this is alluding to the kind of like uh, youngsters in the youth academies, and realistic dividend potential with a view to longevity of football Is this index? with players in the reserve team, for instance? Or, or just or just in general? I, I think he... he, he I think he alludes to to youth in general, but um, mm. let's let's discuss um, both. I guess that comes back to the point. Previous divs don't always mirror future ones, so nobody really, really knows <laughs> to a certain point. Mm. But like, um, are you worried that people are buying into these players and they're not even considering the dividend potential? I think that's up to the football index to sort that out, to be honest. That was my main reason for piling into these players, to be honest. I mean, I've been on 10 months and there's absolutely no data anywhere to suggest. Like, where, where, do, you, where do you find PV scores? I, I still have no idea. Mm, I mean, they're, they're, I guess that's, they're all from third-party uh, providers, aren't they? Mm, so, obviously, my prediction is about 5% of users probably, probably look into dividends. Maybe that's a bit bit over the top, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's that low. Mm. I mean, I don't think that's true because if that were true, then you know Neymar wouldn't be twenty two pounds and Pogba wouldn't uh, or Pogba wouldn't be twenty two pounds. So just logically speaking, in terms of where the money is spread, it can't be five percent of users because you know most of the money is in players that win. PB or MB or both. The big, the big, play, the big players are a bit different. But, but I mean, like, there, there are a reason people are buying Pogba, right? Yeah, it's for dividend potential and his yeah, future yeah. dividend potential and his, you know, very recent uh, dividends output. Yeah, that's why dividends do drive the market. Nobody's denying that. It's just, I'm guessing. I suppose you got players like Canales, for instance. He's a good one because he's he's won about thirty odd P dividends. He's a well, he's, he's he's pretty consistent, but he's got no substance behind his. I'm actually on him currently, 
down on him. <laughs> but he's got no, he's probably going to end up the best for the rest of his career. He's, he's just gone out of Europe. So obviously that drives his price down. He's not going to probably get any transfer spec. So his price isn't going to probably rise from that. You've got to ask yourself where the next rise is coming from. And that's probably just going to be from people buying for next season now. Yeah, and I think you you were right in saying when you buy a player, you need to think about where their um, kind of uh, next price move up is going to be. And he went from one, I'm just on his graph right now, 159 all the way to 273. And I think that was off the back of two separate PB wins. Um, so, I mean... People are clearly looking at performance buzz yeah, there in yeah, that definitely. scenario, right? Because that's not a small amount of money that's just gone into them. I think that it, there's a mixture of things, right? There's people who have bought into youth players who have just joined the platform who, you know, don't really understand the product. Maybe, you know, the, those 5% that you alluded to. But then there are also people who are looking at these rides and saying, well, I can make quite a lot of money here. Um, let me put some money into some of these players. Even if I don't believe them, just in case they keep rising, so it de-risks the rest of my portfolio, which is hedged in a certain way. Yeah, you obviously, if you start doing that, it gets, could get potentially quite messy. But <laughs> just, but just... Well, I think that's what's already happening, though, right, Sam? Because it's not only new users or people like yourself who are advocates of youth that are buying these players. It's obviously people who don't even advocate for the youth. Yeah, that's why you've got high prices in certain youth players, I suppose. But yeah, it has gone mad. But it's not, like I say, it's not every youth player that's going to hold value. Mm, mm. Um, but but here's our, our data section and this is obviously we've talked about past performance being uh, not necessarily an indicator to a uh, you know future performance but um, I've got this data from the guys that, as usual uh, index game Dan James Bishop gave me this this stuff the in the top 100 the under 22 uh, or the under 22s their average price is £3.71 and their average dividend paid payout is 2.5p this season the top 100 22 years of age or and above the average price is £4.68 and the average total dividends paid out for those players is uh, 28p this season and the average age for that latter category so the over 22s is 25 years old so not even particularly old um is there a worry that some of those guys who are under 22 will never even get to that average 28p that i've just mentioned again it depends what players you're on there's there's a lot there's a lot of youth that's risen that shouldn't have risen i mean but then there's certain youth that can sustain that price so I mean, but, but but even in the guys that are really in the limelight, we're talking the Vinicius's, the Ismaila Dembele's, the Sancho's. Yeah, Felix. It, for, yeah, what, what, whoever you, you can name, we can go on forever, right? Is there a risk that some of these guys won't fulfil their potential? I mean, you, you, I think when you're talking about the, you know, you need to be on the right ones. If these are the ones that you think are the right ones, or you're alluding to the one to them being the right ones, do you ever ask yourself... They might not actually make it to the level that I think they will. Not particular, but that's just my my thinking about that player, I suppose. But every, every, every... is that is is that is that risky though, Sam? Is that um, is that kind of tunnel vision in Isn't a way? Every player a risk. Yeah, of course. So there's not like Ram, Ramos and Sanchez, for instance. They were they were certain hundred percent dividend returners this season but they've turned out to be a big, big risk and people have lost a lot of money on them. So there's, there's, there's one way to look at it. There's, there's so many variables again. It's, you can't have one thing without the other. 
Mm, I, I guess what I'm asking, though, is like, do you ever try and look at, you know, countering opinions about said players, about whether or not they will become as, as big a star as possible? Because I think for me, it's obviously risky to be an X player, Y player, Z player. But the risk would, for me, be greater if I was on a player heavily and... I thought that they were definitely going to become the best thing ever and I had no other doubt in my mind because that would be, in my head anyway, I would be thinking not very objectively. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, anything can happen, can't it? I mean, look at like Michael Owen, for instance. Look how many injuries he had. Like, it could happen mm. to anyone. Mm, mm, certainly so. Uh, any uh, any other comments on, on the data that the guys that have provided us? Um, not particular. I think... Data is a funny one, isn't it? I mean, you could you could probably create data for capital appreciation. It'd look a bit ridiculous the other eye. So, mm. I agree that obviously mm. players are going to hit a certain age, and if they're not performing, they're going to drop, aren't they? Probably, probably. But if you guys want to, uh, you know, see or analyze some data that's pretty uh, pretty good, uh, head over to indexgame.co.uk. And if you want to sign up to their premium service and see all past dividend scores, media, PB alike, and capital appreciation that um, Sam has just alluded to, head over there and you can sign up to the premium service with the code FIG2019. You get a whole fifty percent off for your first month, which is uh, not too <laughs> shabby actually, a deal. I've tried is to it? get into it more. Uh, so if, and but i just oh yeah I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to understand more i'm trying to learn so we'll see see how it goes mm. well maybe yeah, sam you should like uh, head over to <laughs> indexgame.co.uk and uh, use the code fig 2019 <laughs> um next uh football index sotd lee last minute question on strategy that works for sam deliberate or non-deliberate is to create hype posting a lot about certain players this feeds into others minds and creates a surge when they score or star etc what influence do you believe twitter or index game the slack community in general has on pricing minimal i think personally i don't think it has really what 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 your what your reason right i mean like some some accounts have probably got i don't know what three to five thousand followers people are going to listen to them um it obviously does have an impact but i think there's bigger bigger outlets that create more of a massive surge in price Mm. but uh like i know there's the whole three thousand five thousand thing or in terms of um the amount of followers people may have but if you have someone that has 500 followers and has a more kind of like they tip someone it does well and then from then on every player that they tip 500 or 250 people buy because the market is so thin it doesn't actually need that much money or users to go in and buy a player for them to fly yeah i suppose you could but yeah i agree but i think the massive surging comes from bbc sky like there was no coincidence when leo got compared to Mbappe on BBC and Sky he went at £1.50 I mean that's no but I think that's what um, uh, Lee was alluding to right Uh, 
do you think this plays a lot on people's minds and creates a surge when they score or start etc i think another one of those things not scoring or starting could be a transfer link it could be a comparison to mbappe or whatever um it's just about the hype that's been created beforehand by twitter users and whether or not that's justified but also the hype that they've created has then inadvertently created those rises when they do score when they do start when there is that mbappe comparison Mm. Yeah, well, there's always going to be hype, isn't there? There's there's going to be hype on... There's just always going to be hype. That's just the way football works. Mm -hmm. I do do think that there might be... (sighs) If if the market goes wrong for a few people that have hedged their bets too uh, much in one direction, I do wonder if there's going to be some tough love or some uh, tough learning for for people buying the wrong players or, or as you've alluded to players with little substance whether they be players that have become part of a um pv bubble or a youth bubble you know you, you yeah, mentioned sergio ramos and alexis sanchez there was a period where defenders were rising a ridiculous amount um at the beginning of the season which at the time i was kind of like i'm not sure about this but this is the trend but i knew that that was a bubble that had been created um and I think a similar thing is happening here with a lot of youth players. And it's going to take one of them. And to be fair, we've already had massive drops. You know, as Mane Dembele went from, you know, eight quid to 10.50 down to what, nine pounds? That's a big drop. 10.50 to nine pounds is a big drop. So maybe we are seeing some of these falls. It's just not um, not as big as we've anticipated. Look at look at Rashford. Rashford dropped what? Did he did he drop to 11? About 250, yeah. And then he went from 14, 50 to played pretty, 12. Played pretty poorly and banged a penalty and then he's now 13. <laughs> yeah. But even so, still 150 down off his peak. So it's kind of it's like... Peak, no, it's, it, is, it is happening. But like you say, maybe maybe not a bigger drop as you think. But that, that for me is because people are investing in these players for a, for a, for a period. It's like, so there's going to be a lot of money already invested into that player. Like they're not going to just leave. They're not going to invest in a player and go two weeks later. Oh, nah, don't fancy him anymore. They're going to give it a considerable amount of time before they think, right, this player isn't performing. Mm. How often do you think you should review your players in that way? <sighs> depends how much time you have. Depends how much money you want to make. <laughs> Basically. But for you, what's how often do you look at a player and say, should I still hold them, or should I buy more, or should I sell? <laughs> it just depends on. The price, I suppose. Like I de-risked Sancho the other day because I think he's a very high price. I think that price is already factored into he's potentially playing on the right wing for Man United next season. <laughs> so, like, I just had to take some profit there. So, the scenario is mm. like that, I guess. But they're, they're all obviously individual. Um, so, I think it's uh, it's interesting, but I think it's it's quite wise to probably look at these players not regularly but but semi-regularly and and try and ask those questions over and over again um will they yield a big future percentage uh on their current price and and their eventual price um have they got any substance into some of those categories that you've mentioned a big pb score a big transfer on the horizon yeah i've always been on roughly the same players but it's obviously just different moments different players have different spikes but I think you should mm, review mm. review port port regular. Mm. But I think I, I saw you respond to um, SOTD saying that there's 300,000 users, only probably five percent are on uh, Twitter. But 
it's probably the fact that we've only got 30 to 50,000 active users, right? Uh, if we have 300,000 signups. So if you're an active user, you probably follow Football Index. And Football Index have, what, 25, 30? When you say an active users? user, do you mean so, someone who trades all the time? Actually on the platform. No, no, no. Just has money uh, deposited uh, on Football Index. How many users do you reckon it is? I reckon between 30 to 50,000. Is that all? I thought it'd be way more than that. Well, I mean, you know, um, Bet365 has 20 million account opened. How many do you think actually yeah, bet? Yeah, yeah, see what you mean. I'd still, um, still think fantasy... it's higher, but I'd be, be, be amazed if it's that low. But... Fa- fantasy Football has 6 million uh, signups. At the end of the season, they only have about 500,000 active accounts. So, <laughs> yeah, everyone gives uh, it. I mean, I, don't, I know Football Index is unique, but I'm pretty certain that that's kind of like, you know, we're looking at 40 50 60 000 active users and they're in terms of have money on the index which you know isn't a bad thing this is how products work everyone you acquire isn't going to be kept um but so with those facts in mind or not facts guesstimates like is is there a possibility that twitter and index gain or other communities the football index forum have a, a, a general impact on pricing because we've seen it right someone tweets something and a player goes up 10p that's not a coincidence that's generally or genuine influence, isn't it? Yeah, if, if that's right, the figures you're you're suggesting, then yeah, it, it's got to have an influence. I'd, I'd thought it'd be nowhere near that, but if if you're right, then yeah, I guess it guess it must. Have. With that in mind, then do you think um, uh, do you think people should have kind of like a responsibility behind the things that they tweet? Uh, possibly, but no one has to. You, you shouldn't act on a tweet. I mean, I could tweet the weather tomorrow morning, and you don't have to. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to like, you don't have to look, agree with what someone's saying. You've always got to do your research before buying a player. If you don't, then that's just your choice, really, isn't it? I do see where you're coming from, and I did think in the same mindset where I was kind of like, "Look, if you're not smart enough to do your own research, then you don't really deserve to be making money, or you don't deserve to be on Football Index." But I've come to the kind of realization that for this to become an, a mainstream product, that um, if a new user comes on and the first thing that they see is a player being tipped or or talked about and and they buy them because they say oh you know this guy's got you know 2000 followers or whatever then it, it, i i do think there is a danger there do you see what i'm saying oh yeah definitely all right Moyes keen i tweeted wednesday i'll take full responsibility if he goes below 2 pound 50 ever again so it's just i, I, I wouldn't tweet Moyes keen at 384 <laughs> not at this current current moment because we don't know what's going to happen with him. We don't know whether he's going to be first choice for Juventus. We don't know whether he's going to go on loan. Do you see what I mean? Mm, mm, I understand that. But I think that obviously there's people who are still buying in at like 380, right? Even if you're not tipping them anymore. Yeah, that's just, again, that's just, that's what they want to do. It's got, it's got nothing to do with what anyone says on Twitter. <laughs> if someone wants to buy someone at 384. Unless unless a new user doesn't have a clue what they're doing, which could, but that's just again. I mean, I had that. I had that issue. So when I first started, mm. Mm. I, I mean, it, it depends, right? Because there's the buying at two fifty, uh, but people looking at maybe hype that's been built on Twitter and saying, "Oh, he's not actually gone up that much, two fifty to three eighty, even though it's big in percentage terms." I'll still buy in considering some of the prices of these other youngsters, which I think has kind of produced bubbles within bubbles within bubbles. And then like if one of these 
uh, youngsters falls dramatically or I don't know something goes wrong for them um, I, I just kind of wonder what will happen with, with the others that they were compared to previously yeah possibly it could happen it depends. It's, it's very hard to compare one player to another which a lot, a lot of people do on Twitter, which is completely wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, next question from um, Tom Mitchum. Mason Greenwood will be a top 10 player by next season. Please be- explain your reasoning behind this. It's just what I think will happen. He's, he's literally the perfect player for the index. He's English, Man United, can play across all four positions, both feet, lethal finisher. I just don't see how he doesn't. He, he's going to get to Rashford price, in my opinion. If well, I actually. But what? What if he? You know, one of those variables, like you mentioned, changes. He's seventeen. He could easily go on loan, right, or play in the under twenty threes next season. Mm, possibly, but that's just speculation again, isn't it? Like, do you for him to be a top ten player, for him to be in Rashford's position right next season, he'd probably have to be starting for Manchester United week in week out. Do you think that's realistic? Possibly, but is Hudson Odoi is nearly nearly in the top ten, and he's not starting for Chelsea week in week out. He's he, he he's he's only six months ahead of schedule compared to Mason Greenwood. I, I mean, I guess with that one, there's very different um, variables in that he he actively has a. Um, you know, a transfer in him looking at Bynes, uh interest in January and obviously also the kind of uh, transfer ban that's hit Chelsea and what will happen with that. That's kind of probably influencing price his price as well. So I, I guess comparing those two directly, again, as you mentioned, anyone comparing players uh, shouldn't be doing so, as you mentioned in the previous question. So, I mean, if your justification for Mason Greenwood being in the top 10 is Callum Hudson-Odoi's price, we're not really looking at Mason Greenwood's fundamental um, underlying things that make him yeah, a valuable bet, if that makes but sense. That was just That's just my reasoning behind it. Mm. For me, for him to get to Rashford price, he'd, it'd be logical for him, you know, he'd have to... He'd have to be in the United squad, wouldn't he? And he'd have to yeah, be, he'd, he'd have, have to, to score, be, he'd, he'd, which I think might yeah, happen. Yeah, or at least, you know... Um, you think back to Harry Kane's breakthrough season where he started in the League Cup behind uh, Soldado quite a lot, right? He started in the League Cup and scored, or in the Europa League, and he was scoring quite freely. Something like that where at least someone is showcasing their yeah, potential yeah, yeah. at the Definitely. highest level, not kind of in youth games or on um, what, 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 what not. He just on the bench um, away at PSG the other night, so I don't think he's doing too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I you know, that that's great, but um, I think comparing him to other players or other youth players that again have so many um variables within them and also so many um so much speculative reasoning behind them is is a danger in itself so i think it's um it's it's something that people will will look at and as, and as you mentioned some of these guys won't hold their players uh, their their price mason greenwood might he might not um, so we just have to play the waiting game and see. Yeah, so 2020 May, see what price is. <laughs> 2020 May, that's a long time ago. Who knows what football index will be at that point. Um, question from Mort here. Do you have a man crush on Cho, uh, Callum hudson and Greenwood or just love pumping them as wrong to kids who don't play, just overhype potential with mad prizes now? Um I think mad prizes. He's probably alluding alluding to as big profit, prices. right? Prices. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think he means mad yeah, prices. Yeah, he does. But... Um, I do like them, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be weird if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, see, for me, they're not they're not mad prices, but obviously, to a lot of people, they are mad prices. So. so so your reasoning behind them not being mad prices is because they are going to um become the next big thing or they're going to surpass prices of players in their current teams. Yeah, exactly. I rate I rate Hudson Adoy higher than Sancho. So until until they're a level or until they're in the same bracket, I I'm, I'm not saying any Hudson at all. <laughs> mm. mm. That's fair. Uh, Jamie Harwood here. You seem to do well with spotting young youth talent. I'm just wondering what resources you use for this as a lot of reserve or youth games aren't on telly. This is an interesting question. Yeah, um, I go to a few games. Um, there, There is, you can get hold of reserve games on telly. So that's not, there's few accounts I can help with to find that if he wants to watch a few games. Any that you can shout out on here, or uh, you'd prefer to the DM? Prefer Jamie? just to DM. <laughs> That's fair. Well, um, don't want to give it you, all away. <laughs> <laughs> you heard the man. If you want to learn where to to watch some of these games, you can hit him up on his DMs. Um, Aussie's FI journey. Who do you see see being highest at the start of next season, Dembele or Junior? And why? Good question. Junior's obviously just had an injury, hasn't it? A, a pretty bad time. Um, again. Is Dem- is Barcelona just going to shake things up and go right, Dembele? We need we need some money for you. Man United, Liverpool, do you want him? There's again, there's so many variables. There's, anything could happen. But if I was going <laughs> to gun to head. my head, I'd probably go. Ju- and I'll try and play. I'll try and play the devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah. the I actually really don't know. <laughs> really don't know. Dembele still. Dembele still no. got. I'd actually probably say Dembele. Just purely because he's still got the Champions League, he could get transfer links. I think there's also the fact that Real Madrid will probably spend big in the summer, right? Uh, as well, that that could be a detriment to Junior's price, or it could be actually a positive depending on what positions they fill. Yeah, I think it'll be a big positive for him, to be honest. Junior isn't going. Junior I mean, isn't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, like it. You know, he, he's clearly done really well at Real Madrid this season, but it, again, it depends what what uh, positions that they buy. I mean, if they get Neymar or Hazard or whatever, then suddenly you're looking at... I think Buzzing Paul mentioned how much possession a player gets is is really influential on their PB scores, for example. If they get a superstar in like that, um, who who is a bit more ball-demanding than a Gareth Bale, for example, then we might see something else. But on the other hand, if they buy players like a, a, a good number nine, not that I'm saying Karen Benzema's not Kane a good number nine. Kane or, or someone like that. Yeah, a, a Kane Nicardi or, or... Uh, a midfielder. Uh, yeah, or like also some central midfielders who maybe have a bit more legs behind them, and some probably some good defenders at this rate. Um, then, then you could see, you know, it, it as a positive for Junior if he still does start. Um, but again, it's you mentioned there's so many variables we just don't know. Yeah, I think we're already seeing that with Dembele. To be honest, obviously Dembele is playing with Messi. Dembele actually scores pretty good base PB. If you lob set pieces and penalties onto Dembele, he'd be. God knows what price. As good as someone can when they're playing next to Messi, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so he saw he saw the same as Mbappe and Neymar, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, I mean, but I was looking at the dividend charts this season. I think Luis Suarez is in the top 15. 
Um, yeah, exactly. for all dividend returners so maybe playing with Messi isn't the worst thing in the world yeah maybe not <laughs> <laughs> next question from FI Lamblings Lambings Lambings not Lamblings that'll be weird how, how do you prioritise your portfolio between youth players for, uh, with appreciation value versus dividend winners and are the two even mutually exclusive in your view oh, that's so hard to so hard to predict because we again you don't know what future future divs could return no one knows do, do, you, do you hold any of the players that kind of fit in that Sergio Ramos mould or, you know, a player that isn't renowned for their PB uh, scores? Yeah, I hold like Neymar, Pogba, Thiago, Brozovic, Canales. So I'm, I'm holding dividend players. <laughs> so it's I'm not, not, I'm not, uh, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not against. It's not idea. Sam Richards versus dividends, is it? No, I'm definitely not. I'm all for dividends. If you find me a player that's, if you find me a player that's going to win, win dividends, I'm, I'm all for it. So, so, what are your reasons for holding some of those players? Don't you know? Don't have to get into specifics, but what do you? What What are some of the pros for you in holding those guys that can kind of provide cash flow from a capital standpoint? Uh, what the PV players I mentioned? Yeah, I mean they're not actually returning anything capital wise, which is obviously where everyone's coming from, I guess. But I guess in a dividend standpoint, that's kind of incre- That's direct into your cash balance without having to trade. So, what do you yeah, what do so you like re- about re-invest that? Reinvest those dividends. Mm. You can reinvest your dividend, reinvest your dividends into obviously more more players. Mm. And that compounding like, effect becomes quite powerful, doesn't it? So yeah, you've got players that are good at PB with transfer spec, and that obviously helps. So that's obviously going to drive the price more than, say, Brozovic, for instance, which he's probably going to stay at Inter Milan. So there's just there's, there's all you got you've got to think about everything, but then you've got you've got the Euros coming up next season. And we all know about the World Cup, how our mad prices went for that. So, I, that, my way of thinking at the moment, if I buy a player now, I want him at the Euros. That's how long term I'm looking. Do you think that's kind of a danger, considering you know you've alluded to the announcement that FI made uh, or are making? Do you think that's a danger if if the announcement doesn't go your way? Holding that long? Um, well, yeah, you've you always got to adapt, haven't you? But you've, you've got to have a plan to start <laughs> with. Like if, if they all of a sudden change the rules, which they have done in the past, I've, I've done it before. Youth's you've crashed before, and there's, 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 there's like the keepers rose, like the defenders. There's, 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 it, we've probably gone through three or four cycles over this past mm, ten. Months. We definitely have. We definitely have, and they're getting faster and, and stronger, aren't they? Yeah, and it's all about just adapting to different changes. To be mm. honest. Uh, next question for FI Mane for nothing. I think this is going to be quite interesting. Is there a point where you consider a youth asset, youth, youth asset you hold to be so overpriced you consider selling or do you intend to hold some of the names for three years regardless? I think you mentioned you sold some of your Sancho, all of your Sancho, Sancho recently. Yeah, I've kept some, but just in case. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, if they get to a high price I mean, that you feel that you're happy with and you know, you're not prepared to pay that price, then take some profit and reinvest, but he's still going to be a good hold for the next three years. So it doesn't really, but, but if you can make more money elsewhere, then obviously take a bit of profit and reinvest. Do you, in your, in your opinion, do you kind of find those players that you know your money's going to go into before you sell the player or do you sell the player, have the capital in your balance and suddenly you're like, right, let's, um, let's have a look at this now. If, if someone pops up that I know, I need this player, then obviously I'll look. I'll look for money, basically. 
Interesting. Okay, next question. Uh, Football Index GMK. How do you feel about the constant abuse leveled at your regard at you regarding Cho? Uh, are you disappointed that so-called respected figures in the community were silent and complicit <laughs> towards this happening? Com- complicit I makes know, it sound yeah. like a crime, um, which is weird. It, um, it's bad. It's bad <laughs> to be fair. Like, but. It's not around, isn't it? uh, just... complicit that's that's a funny way of phrasing it sorry that's that's cracked me up um but do you so what what kind of like run me through this i didn't really see the the context in this no it was my personal profile at the time and i was getting sent all sorts of abuse but it's it's done now so past is the past but i'm guessing they i'm guessing they just felt threatened by a player rising so much when like Neymar, for instance, was just stalling. So I'm guessing that's probably what how it's sort of come about. But and they, maybe 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 they thought Hudson Odoi was a a player that was never ever going to succeed. So that might have been also their reasoning behind it. And they didn't want people to lose money. Maybe. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, the next question that kind of leads on from that, Lee Collins, what's your opinion about the big boys on the index with huge portfolios constantly trying to bully? FI into adjusting the index to suit their portfolios. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about the bullying FI into adjusting yeah. stars, but it's one of them. Is if you if you if you have a hundred k portfolio, you, you're going to be invested more in the big boys. It's, mm. it's where the money's safe. You're going to be invested more in Neymar and Pogba than someone else. Mm, that's a good point. But also Nick, Nick, who used to work for FI, who's been on the podcast, um, made a great point where he said gambling companies rely on whales. Um, there's that old kind of saying, you make 80% of your money from 20% of your customers, right? So that you can say bully, but to FI, the guys with the bigger portfolios are, whether you like it or not, it's just the way the business model was made up. This isn't a personal attack on anyone. They're more important to FI. Yeah, well, we wouldn't be here now without them, so <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's another point he made, which was like, we wouldn't be at this point without some of those guys putting their balls on the line. Um, so we kind of have to respect that. But I think bully is a strong word. And also, remember, some of these people are holding some of the players that are kind of... Um, really good for fi at the moment but they're actually advocating for a change that would actually maybe make those less valuable do you see what i mean so i mean um i think uh asp's tweeted about kind of x player and y player you know this is just youth index at this stage because football index refused to change um and he has like 5,000 Callum Hudson Adoy. He's probably insinuating there that maybe he shouldn't be that price, but because of the way Football Index have set itself up, he is that price. So he, he's probably advocating for change a, away from that player, but he owns them. So it's not actually bullying to adjust the uh, to the index to suit their portfolios. I've, I've you know, um, I, we've talked about players just being able to pass loads and loads and loads and, and um, them rising in price because they've made loads of passes i've bought and sold those players or i hold those players currently but i can still say even with holding those players objectively that i don't think that's the best thing for the platform no that's why it's, it's, it, it, it does look like there's going to be a change eventually but again nobody knows what's going to happen so you can't say x player this y player that so it's just What's your opinion on the whole thing in terms of you know the the scoring matrix, uh, the state of the market, considering it all that all that jazz? Um, 
I think it does need to change. I mean, you can't have a market where Mbappe is worthless. I mean, that's not good for football index. But then how do you go about... You can't, you can't just suit a market for one player. So it's, it's, re- it's, re- it's really difficult. I don't know how... I don't know how the, I don't know it how is really do difficult. It, to be honest, but. Yeah, we spoke about it on the last podcast. So you guys want to listen to with the buzzing pool, really, really in depth about what could happen, what changes they could made. We challenged each other's points quite a lot. Uh, next question is from the boy Riley. It's a long one. Hey mate, question for the next pod: Do you think the lowering of prices due to the share split will add to the madness around youth players or help restore a more sensible order? I.e., will people see Messi as a more attractive proposition at 380 versus Mason Greenwood at 165 Messi might not be the best example maybe Jovic you mentioned him before young playing scoring PB wins and transfer likely at 150 not saying either is right or wrong but if it does uh, go towards unproven youth then I worry for the index in keeping big accounts like ASP who are critical to the long term success of FI in my opinion I think we're still seeing we're still seeing heavy heavy rises. I mean, look at Pogba, look at Pogba and Neymar, for instance. They're, they're nearly twenty two pounds something. Messi's Messi's a difficult one. I mean, I've been tempted to buy him a lot of times, but I've, this is just my opinion. But if you buy Messi now at say fifteen hundred pounds, what 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 would he return in three years in dividends? Probably say six hundred quid. But he, he could drop ten quid in price in three years' time. He'll be thirty five. So you you actually you could potentially be down even with dividends, potentially. But um, I mean, he. I think I made this point right at the beginning. He could win more dividends than a lot of these um, youngsters that, um, in terms of their actual current price and their lifetime dividends in the next three years. Yeah, definitely. There's no doubts about that. But that's where that's where dividends need to increase, isn't it? Mm, potentially, so potentially. But then, but then. That's just that's just the messy. That's just the that's just what's going to happen. He's at that age, isn't he? Mm, mm. I could I, be I think, wrong. Uh, he, could, he could play till he's thirty-eight, and <laughs> he's still fifteen pounds. But that, that again, that's just up to people who who buy what what you think is going to happen. There's no right. There's no right. I think uh, for him, it's completely dividend return uh, dependent. Dividends always rise to the top. If you look at the top two players, uh, Neymar and Pogba. Uh, they are the uh, you know top two players because they are returning the most dividends currently, or people think that they will do it potentially kind of short to midterm. But even so, Pogba for, for certain is currently returning the most. If Messi continues to return a lot and does so at an even more frequent basis, then his his price is probably going to increase. So it's all going to be dependent on the, on the uh, dividend. Yeah, return. possibly Champions League as well. Easier to easier to form Messi. I don't think he'll go down. Mm. I've heard a lot of people say uh, this and that about him. It's going to be really interesting to see what actually happens. I'm quite excited to see. Uh, but but he's got a point. Point. Do you sell him? Do you sell a Messi at three eighty, three seventy five? Are you less tempted to sell? Um, possibly. I don't. It's still the same price. I know it's been it's getting split by mm. four. So psychologically, it's not though. But mm. then, that, but then, but then, that's the same for someone that's now two pound is all of a sudden fifty p. So psychologically, mm. he's ridiculously yeah. cheap. So works both ways, really. 
Mm, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Dom F, how do you think the share split and any dividend increase will affect youth player trends? Do you see these trends as a short-term bubble or sustainable longer term? So, yeah, how do you think youth is going to be affected um, uh, by dividend increases or the share split? Um, I think it's... I mean, if divs increase, you probably still see <laughs> Mbappe and Sancho rise, for instance. So, I don't think it's because, like... It's just so hard to call because previous divs again don't always mirror future ones. So we, no one, no one knows next season. Is Sancho going to pull in three quid worth of divs if he's in a Man United shirt on the right hand wing? Who knows? Mm, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a tough one to call, isn't it? We have got another share split question from sah eighty nine underscore fi. How do you think? the share split will impact this summer's trading in the off-season. Who do you think will be the main winners and losers? I think it's going to be transfer spec. I think it's all going to go into transfers. And then toward, after, towards the start of the season, you'll start people buying who they think potential PB winners. But there's Copper America as well. There's the under-21 yeah. tournament as well. So any influence there? Yeah, definitely. We saw that with the under-21, what was it? Under twenty, or there was a there was a championship on last season. Anyway, uh, youth youth tournament, and people were going crazy for them. So I think we could could see some youth rises again <laughs> in the summer. We might see some new ones. You never know. Yeah, we might get some new ones. Mm. So, uh, are, you, are you worried, or what would you say to traders who are worried about the summer? Like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. What usually happens in the summer? Like, what would you say to them? I think you have got to go into it's going to be travel media every day so I think you have got to almost go into summer and it's it's a tough one but I suppose tra- because some people will buy for next yeah, season exactly right? like, so you don't you, people could people could buy for next season they could buy transfers could buy youth going could buy which is all the pretty much all the markets so mm. I think it'll be a mixture mm. but I think transfers will be heavily just because one link and somebody flies so uh next question from fpl addict who was actually the last episode not buzzing pool he was two weeks ago sorry sorry chris uh <laughs> would sam be able to talk through his uh f uh, his roi as per his bio wondered if it was from a lot of good uh regular trades or a few and going heavy in on trades so do you prefer to spread really. yourself or, or kind of go in a bit how much i believe in that player i guess so like and depend depends what what depends what price that player is at the time as well. But but I mean, judging by your tweets, you seem to be concentrated on a a few players. Would it be safe to say that you're kind of heavier on those or a few? You're heavier on a few. Yeah, I'm, I'm heavier on the main ones. To be honest. Mm, mm. And and talk a bit about your ROI. Has that been mostly attributed to by going in heavy or regularly trading? Bit of a mixture, really. I mean, you've always you have got to take profit at some stage, or if a player's stalled, not that you think that player's not going to rise anymore, but he could stall either an injury or not getting the team, or so you could move money around. But you could still you could still think that that player's still going to be worth a lot more than he is, but he could still stall for a few weeks, months. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm, mm, that's interesting that's interesting um next question is from 
GG Footy Index. Uh, when you initially signed up to Football Index, you spoke about a lot of youngsters on the platform and cited many as three-year holds. The enormous surge in both the market and the youth prospects in the recent months have clearly shortened the time frame you initially set out to hold these kids for and get to their desired value. How have you adapted to your approach to them? Uh, I've already spoke about it a little bit, but um, like I mean, the market's gone. It's just gone since I've been on. It's probably so much more money into it now. And I always thought my, these players that I've bought are going to reach this price. Just probably didn't expect it this soon. <laughs> so obviously, de-risk certain ones that I thought have reached a price where I think they need to start either proving themselves at PV. Maybe that's the right right approach. Mm. But I think there's there is that thing um, where some of these guys maybe you've bought Sam at like two quid and you're thinking, oh you know what in nine months time he could double or he could be five or six quid and then suddenly that happens in two or three months. How do you adapt to that? I just, that's what I mean. I just I just I just de-risk if I think that I'll still hold the player because after Jovic I'm never saying anyone again. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But but when you when you when you do buy them, do you say I'm gonna sell at this price or do you always make the decision based on the rest okay. of the market? I usually have a price in my head and then when they hit when they hit that desired price, I then decide whether he's got more legs in him, if you know what I mean. Mm, mm. yeah i know what you mean uh, we've got a last couple questions here before we finish up because it has been an hour or 10 minutes bloody hell that went quick um semi skimmed with heavy criticisms after previous announcements changes to rules and dividends do you agree that the best way to ensure this next announcement is met with unanimous support is if all current dividends are raised by the same percentage yeah i suppose it'd be a good idea because it'd be everything would stay the same it'd just be a higher return that's all so it would it would if I was Football Index, I'd be tempted to do that um, in this situation. But I guess you alluded to the opening up of MB. If that happens, will they, you know, level the playing field by making MB a bit more? I don't know. I think in this share split, we'll see a uniform increase percentage if we see one. Um, or as close to a uniform one as Football Index can make it. Um, but I think longer term, we'll probably see some, um, you know, changes on those three different dividend structures. Yeah, it's obviously it's difficult for them as well. That's what everyone needs to understand. It's so difficult for them. But yeah, I think it'd be a good idea if they did raise it all the same. What What do you think the main difficulties are for them uh, at the moment in terms of these announcements and in terms of all the speculation about dividends and uh, PV matrix? What What do you think, from their perspective, the most difficult thing at the moment? Getting the the right price. Um, like say, say if they increase, if they doubled the dividends, they could potentially put themselves in danger. Mm, mm. But we we, but we don't. Do you elaborate, well, I, elaborate I, on that a little bit? Well, if if, if they um, if they're paying out obviously double to what they're paying out now, would it would it then affect them? No one knows really what they what they generate. Yeah, I guess that's true. But um, at the same time, a lot of money would go into football index that they can probably then then use, right? when it's staked yeah that's, well that that is the thing it, the money would go back in more than likely but that they, they, they don't know that 
that they'd, they'd assume that would happen but it's a risk everyone. but we, we've seen them doubled before i don't think we'll we'll see them doubled this time for sure and i think we'll see a percentage increase if there is one at all and i think it'll be not massive and not slight because i think i was speaking to people at trader and uh me and they were like this kind of youth euphoria and like the euphoria on kind of um loads of loads of players is is crazy at the moment but if they increase dividends too much then that bubble becomes too big if they do it too small then all the hype that's been built into the share split kind of dies down yeah because i said this that you can't you can't have neymar 50 quid and everyone else one pound i mean where's the market so it's uh, i've got to be careful which way you do it exactly i think there needs to be a balance uh next question is from fi minor another person who sent a uh, bloody um you know a, a notes rather than a, a question on twitter because it was too long the questions are getting so long now that people are having to screenshot their notes which is really good good fun uh considering the abnormally high price of youngsters on the index and the trend for the average price of players steadily decreasing in price after the age of 2021 are you concerned that the majority of your under 21 holds will fail to live up to the hype and eventually the bubble will pop equating to mass loss what would you what would be your thinking strategy if this were ever ever to happen i think we've uh, discussed this a little bit but um why don't you round off the show by talking about this just a little more um i don't think the bubble will pop on certain players but get like, like we've said it will happen to certain players so you've just got to it's like any any player has a you just got to take it each week as it comes. Every player's a risk, whether you're Alexis Sanchez, whether you're Sancho, whether you're Kimmich, whether you're Neymar. Sam, it's been great to have you on, mate. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about or discuss before you leave us? Um, I think that's possible, but the main point really is just we do we don't know what's going to happen really with with these youngsters. I think PV does need to improve some sort, but. I think Football Index got a responsibility as well to produce more data because most users don't really use it, if I'm honest. Mm. Mm. A lot of people mm. I speak to. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. And I think uh, it's something that a lot of people have levelled at uh, Football Index, which uh, maybe I they'll change. That, that's 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 why you've got these prices, in my opinion. Mm. That's an interesting thing to think about. Uh, well, if you guys did enjoy that, please do subscribe, leave a review. Uh, if you're on your commute, I hope that really uh, made it a bit quicker on a Monday morning. Uh, if you're not commuting, have fun doing whatever you're doing, cleaning a bathroom, in the bath, um, tending to your horses in a stable, uh, weird things like that that people are doing, listen to the vidcast. Uh, sorry if we didn't get to answer any of your questions. There were obviously a lot, and uh, there's only so much time in a day, isn't there, Sam? So, uh, But thanks for coming on anyway, mate. Have a good day. Yeah, cheers everyone.